0: Hey everybody, John Carter here with New Vine Records. We're excited to invite you to our annual music festival, Off the Vine, on September 17th at the Tremont State Park in Ithaca, New York. We'll be hosting 13 bands like Leo and the Maydays, Secret Servicemen, Kite String, Meta Sequoia, Ilium Works, Rev Ezra, and we'll close the evening with the Gun Poets. We'd love you to come out and enjoy the music with sound provided by Sound on Sound. Enjoy vendors like Lucky Hair Brewing and South Hill Cider, and of course, take in the beautiful Ithacan scenery. Be sure and go to get your tickets at newvinerecords.com today. By the way, Newvine Records is a not-for-profit music company, building community through the practice of supporting, engaging with, and creating new music with local talent. If you haven't checked us out, please visit us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and subscribe to this podcast as well as discover new artist releases, concert announcements, and more. Another way to support Newvine Records is by visiting newvinerecords.com and simply clicking on the donate button. Every dollar donated will go to artists, their projects, and events. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. This is New Vines from the Vine podcast, and yes, we have officially embraced that, and today we have in studio with us, Leo from Leo and the May Days. Say hello, everybody. I don't know you at all.
1: Not even a little.
0: I'm going to have literally no information to pull from on this one. <laughs> oh,
2: what an interesting episode we have today. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Fish here, yeah. as you know, and we have Hannah from Leo and the May Days here. That is a, her
0: actual name.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. who knew
0: who
2: knew who knew so welcome welcome to the show
3: thank you thank you for having me
0: so um what you've been up to what you've been doing
3: i've been doing a lot um man okay so we're covering me as a human being and um me as an artist Mm -hmm. as a human being i've been working a lot Um, i got a lot of side jobs as an artist i have been um playing as much as possible working on new material um and as always, looking for ways to support art financially uh, with things that are not art. <laughs>
0: right. So uh, you're a part of New Vine Records, which yeah. is a 501c3 not-for-profit record label, which sounds like a completely uh, dichotomistic uh, reality. And it kind of is mm-hmm. in practice. It's very hard to operate that way. But we're to, you know, New Vine is discovering how to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're a major part of that because right now you are the uh, official, you know, it sounds really important, CEO.
3: It's not that important. <laughs>
2: CEO, it sounds important.
0: Yes, the board has designated Hannah as the CEO. Uh, New Vine is run by artists. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a record label, collective run for the artist, by the artist. Uh, and that's something we've always dreamed about. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you hear these uh, horror stories, which I'm sure we'll get into, and further podcasts of record label executives or record labels and how they've treated artists in the past. Um, there's documentaries out the wazoo about these things, uh, mm-hmm. specifically the 30 seconds to Mars one sticks out to me mm. uh, with Jared Leto and how that was all handled with guy hand. I think it was his name. Um, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a dynamic that's uh, a challenge. Would you not agree?
3: I would definitely agree. <laughs> Maybe you can
0: go into that a little bit as I eat my, you doing know, the
2: starburst starburst we'll also do we'll do the segment later too yeah we'll we, do we have thing. a special
0: segment in store for you all <laughs> you gotta
3: f- save the chomping though for the segment yeah, yeah, we yeah.
0: It
3: to turn away just close your
0: eyes oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah no i think that what we're trying to do is um be a record label that actually serves artists which i think is how record labels um maybe initially started out functioning and then they very quickly just like everything um, in our world today got corrupted by people getting a lot of power all at once um, and a lot of money all at once and then just wanting to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been very hard, but we're trying our best to create an organization that functions as a record label in all the ways that a record label is needed but doesn't overstep and kind of like suffocate the artist and um, what they want to do and mm-hmm. their independence. Um, so Yeah, that's key, yeah. that
2: word. Yeah, it sounds like a true collective yeah um, of like-minded people it's kind of like just it's one big family and mm-hmm. yeah uh, an exchange free exchange of ideas and yeah it, that's awesome um, yeah and i'm i'm very you know as a, an outsider kind of looking in in some respects and i'm, I'm seeing that dynamic mm-hmm. and it's a cool community you know yeah. So yeah it's been fun to learn more about it
4: yeah
5: that's yeah awesome. th-
0: the energy is um uh infectious um when when we're all together as artists like at different things and supporting one another and um, you know, music uh, is competitive by nature. Uh, you're never going to get away from that. And to be honest with you, if it, if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be real. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, yeah. we care about our own bands. We care about our own expressions. But there's a level of maturity, I think, that can extend beyond that where a scene forms or a group of people can help each other kind of prop each other up um, within reason. Uh, and that's what New Vine's about. It's, it's that apparatus uh, where those cross points happen where artists are helping each other kind of like incubate and get out into the real world. And yes, remain independent, because that is a key factor. Uh, we want artists to be independent, mm-hmm. even though we're a label, quote unquote.
3: Yeah, and I think our understanding of that <clears throat> has changed a lot as the company has grown. Um, yeah, You know, I think there are parts where it gets hard to navigate, um, and where we've kind of like had to readjust our position on things, especially when it comes to like, The fact that we pay for half of everything Mm. so it's like hard sometimes to walk the line of like well we're putting up real money and so Mm -hmm. what should we be getting back so that we're not underselling or undervaluing ourselves or not making enough back on our investment you know but at the same time it's like i feel like it's really important for us to always and this is kind of where we've landed we've kind of given up on some fights because at the end of the day we're here to serve artists Mm -hmm. and to try and um, solve a lot of problems in the record label artist relationship. Um, so I would always err on the side of if that means we get a little screwed, we get a little screwed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, (laughs) it, it, it actually might be the time where record labels get screwed. Yeah. Right. And
3: as long as our mortgage gets paid on time, I've, I've come uh, to the conclusion. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, um, kind of the best, uh, analog or analogy that I can, I can point to is, and it's a little weird, I guess, but, um, we're parents. We're parenting new yeah. artistry, and healthy parents don't helicopter their kids. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they let them go and they get them ready to be their own people. Uh, I think that works really well within the context of artistry. Um, provide space where they can grow, develop, and then eventually kick them out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and they become, you know, alumni of mm-hmm. our New Vine family. And we just keep hoping that new artists come in and that new money comes in and then we can continue to do that with artists. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's a, something that labels have not really, labels don't really, major labels don't really do this anymore. And that's the whole artist development thing. Yeah. Uh, As we said, and I think it was the last show we did that it used to be, you would sign on with a label Mm -hmm. and I'm talking, you know, seventies, sixties, even fifties, like, you would sign on to the label and they'd give you like a three album deal. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're like, okay, you're going to do three albums with us. Regardless of what happens, you're going to get to three. Because right. they believe, the the labels believed you had to develop artists over time. Yeah. Now it's just instant gratification. So mm-hmm. uh, it's cool to have, yeah, so new Vine's going to... Or oh, it's
3: even worse than that. It's like shelving, you know? It's like they'll oh, sign yeah, people yeah. and then not even do anything with them. And mm-hmm. then it, it just destroys the band, you know? Yeah,
0: because of the pure competition of their own need to have a brand right. that is the best type of genre brand that well, they have. I feel
3: like that's the that's yeah. the capitalism in it now, you know? It's like, we just want all the good, all the resources, and then we get to decide if we even use them or not, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, I, I actually do like some of the older stories of record labels uh, and how they became a thing, and Geffen is one of my heroes. I mean, yeah. David Geffen was amazing Mm -hmm. and he did love artists and he chose artists that not everybody liked Mm -hmm. um he had a he had a way of just like finding that talent and jackson brown was an example of that or the eagles were another example of that and it was a hit machine and he limited it to a small group of artists like like 10 to 12 artists Mm -hmm. and it just became a powerhouse in the industry because i do think they did focus on developing those artists Mm -hmm. um And then it just kind of eroded into a nasty sale and Mm -hmm. kind of like a money machine. But I think he loved the music more than he liked the money in the beginning. So anyway.
2: So I'd like to uh, shift the focus a bit to uh, just what's going on within Mm -hmm. New Vine. Uh, There's some familial relationships, there's some family happening here. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I want to ask Hannah what it's like working with this guy over here. Now, remember, this is a <laughs> yeah. podcast. We can be completely
0: <laughs> honest.
3: Uh, well, yeah. Well, for people who don't know, this is my father. Um, I so I grew I up it. I grew up in... Um, if you've ever been to our studio, there's the studio and there's a breezeway and then there's a big house. Um, we grew up in that house. So I grew up in this environment um, since I was preteen. Um, so, yeah, it's been... Um, I, I probably didn't start working really with the company until I was in my late teens. And then, um, in 2021, I took over as like a real leadership position. Um, and yeah, but I've been working with my dad as an artist since I was a teenager. Um, Mm. and I think that there has been a lot of progress made in our relationship (laughs) through that time. Um, Yeah. We're not killing each other. Uh, Yeah. I think it was just like it was a very natural thing for us to work together like I've always been a daddy's girl like we've always had like a close relationship Mm -hmm. Um, working together was like definitely hard though especially you know, because there was also like a lot of outside stress, you know, I was a teenager, you know, there was a lot of financial and otherwise stress um, Mm -hmm. in all of our lives and it was hard um, when I was younger to work together. And also it's like, I don't want to listen to what you have to say when I'm a teenager. You know what I mean? Like there was also a lot of that just Mm. like, Honestly, just like development and teenage. I thought you were super compliant. I
0: don't know what you're talking
3: about. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, we've had sessions in here where we didn't even make it through a session on more than one occasion because we just couldn't tolerate being around (laughs) each other. Um, but as as I've gotten older and as um our working relationship has grown, I feel like we've really come to a spot where we can like hear each other and kind of have an understanding um for what the other person is actually saying. Um like communication is in any relationship, like I feel like the number one thing Mm -hmm. that you need to get together to have a healthy relationship and like mutual respect. And I feel like we've grown Mm. in our communication skills with each other and mutually respecting. Um, and yeah, now I feel like we're able to really work together pretty well and effectively. Um, so, and like as a business partner, because he is my business partner really at the end of the day, like a lot of the financial, um, risk is on the two of us for this place um so there's a lot of business decisions that we have to make together mm. and i've realized that um as much as i hate listening to him sometimes like he really <laughs> does have a lot of perspective that i never would think of because i'm very green um so it's, well, it's like an important you're being very nice right now
0: yeah <sighs> no you
3: can be not so nice if you want <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: no i mean I, I think it's helped me grow as a human um uh, you know, I, I'm very competitive and very serious about what I do. I care a lot about it. And I never thought that I would get like in that way with family. But when you're, when you're passionate about something, there's the blood isn't thicker than passion. <laughs> blood is not thicker than passion, yeah. um, or vision. And and so each, you, you, you walk on each other and uh, when you get a compatible vision, there's there's energy happening in a collaboration that pushes you forward. Mm-hmm. But there's also this other sideways energy. Um, and that has a lot to do with communication and perspective. Um, I definitely was spoiled having Hannah around because in all our session work, she was always doing background vocals for free. Yeah. Um, And child uh, labor. Yeah, pretty <laughs> so much 14, 16 pretty, year old. <laughs> pretty much Um, she loved it. And I did love it was it. good experience for her and mm-hmm. um, people loved having her there. And then it just turned into way more and uh you know and it, it did get a little you know billy ray ish mm-hmm. at times and i started getting really uncomfortable with myself and mm-hmm. realizing that no this isn't my thing this is this is her thing you know mm-hmm. and you start to become a you know like those those parents in the football stands like screaming at the coach
2: what the freak are you talking right, about right. Why, not, why isn't yeah. my kid playing the yeah, whole game that kind <laughs> of Why'd thing you take them out <laughs> it's like
0: yeah that that doesn't work um And Mm -hmm. I guess at the end of the day, I, I, gotta hate that phrase. I guess when all is said and done there, (laughs) let's use that instead.
2: It's so absolute. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, when all is said and done, um, my artistry kind of triumphs over my feelings about working with Hannah, I'd rather have her and pretty much any of the artists here at new vine Mm -hmm. have their expression and not mess or tamper with the DNA of who they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And so when you when you can see through the haze of your own ambition, uh, that's what I saw in Hannah. So I
3: think that like one of the hardest things about working together, and this has been on my end and on his end. So um, seeing me as 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 any other signed artist has been i think like a struggle and right. it's been a struggle for me to also not see myself as an exception um because i also run the business you know so i'm mm-hmm. like oh why can't I? you know it, it just like without even thinking about it it's like oh i get special perks but i don't i'm a signed artist as far as leo and the may days mm-hmm. um in the same capacity as every other signed artist and the the deal is the same across the board um and yeah, it's also of... been hard on your end i feel yeah. like as producer to um in the past like um, respect the terms of the agreement as well, you know. But I feel yeah. like we've come to a point where that's like not an issue. Yeah, it's anymore, hard. But. It's
0: hard to know where um, father-daughter relationship and business mm-hmm. intersect. Sometimes that it's a gray area, mm. um, and it's just impossible to to dissect that sometimes. So, <laughs> um, and then we'll catch ourselves, and we're much better at it now. I yeah. think um, we're pros. We see each other as professionals, <laughs> and we respect each other that way. And I I digress often to her decisions. Um, and as her partner, she hears me out generally not till a couple days later, but she <laughs> does hear me out eventually. Um, but anyway, it's been, uh, I, what a journey. Honestly, can I just say this? I've had nothing, I've had the best opportunity as a dad to get on a stage and play with my daughter in a professional way. So right, you play bass in the band. Right? I do. Mm-hmm. I play bass in Leo and the Maydays and I help arrange and produce some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I- I've never had greater joy uh in many ways, uh than get to play with my daughter on a stage in front of people and uh and actually we like the music together. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like something we hate. So yeah. well that's good. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean good but not everybody can say that, you know. Um uh, we, we do have similar tastes and, and uh feelings about music and sometimes she's a little too she's a little too poppy.
2: The I music's think. poppy? I, I don't
0: Hardly.
1: know.
2: <laughs> There's this weird edge to you It's once
0: in a, a while. Little, it's just yeah. like, oh, let's do this cover. It's like, are, are you kidding? Oh, like with
3: the cover specifically.
2: Yeah, yes, I'm like, but well, what's, co- what's a cover that you wanted to do? I made them do
3: "Baby" by Justin Bieber.
2: Oh my god. Okay. The
3: thing is, we we made the drums. She like did metal. make us do it. We we made the drums. <laughs> we made the drums metal. So okay, that was my um thing because that's not a song I would generally cover either. But. Um, I was going through a phase because we did Teenage Dream, and that went over super well. Actually,
0: I don't mind that one. So That's
3: much. A, a I song. love that whole yeah. album. Um, yeah, so yeah, the whole much.
2: album's really it's good. So good, yeah. oh, Katy Perry. Um,
3: but after that, it went over so well with the crowd. One day, I was like, "Man, we should try to do a few more covers that people like really, really know mm-hmm. that are like you know older, like my gen, like pop hits." Um, so I was like, oh, let's do Baby by Justin Bieber. There you go. And uh, we did it once, and it it was like me. So we haven't mm.
0: done
2: it again. Never but. did it again.
0: <laughs> Never looking back.
2: Yeah. Another another question, not really a question, but uh, if you would tell us about why and how this band kind of came to be, but more about like why you do music and mm-hmm. why you continue to be in this band.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well... I can. Okay. So why do I do music? (laughs) Um, I feel like I could have done a lot of things, but it was the one thing that like just came very, very, very naturally to me, like since I was a child. Um, so it felt like something I couldn't really escape from and it, I could have just done it as a hobby, but, um, I don't know. There's just something inside me that just wouldn't have been like super satisfied with my life if I didn't pursue it, you know? Mm. Um, And I don't know if it would have been enough for me to just write songs and like play them at open mics or like write them um, and just sing them around the house or anything. Like I wanted to do more with it. um, And I felt like I was competent enough to do more with it. Mm. Um, So that was the beginning of it. And, you know, there was a there was a decision point when I was um, graduating high school. And I was really seriously thinking about going to college and I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, But the fact that I didn't know what I wanted to do (laughs) is what kept me from going to college and music just kind of naturally fell into that Mm -hmm. gap. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So Mm -hmm. it was like a very organic decision, I feel like.
2: It's interesting you mentioned the college thing. Yeah. Because I, I, looking back, of course, it's 2020 to look back, but Mm -hmm. I would have waited before I decided to go to college yeah mm-hmm. um I, I always felt like it was something I had to do but I yeah it it's okay to not go yeah I think that's really important like there's it's sort of there's a tangent but that's no, um, a good tangent yeah it's important a lot of <coughs> I, I think there's a lot of uh I knew me growing right. up there for me there was a lot of pressure like to keep up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and like oh like you got to go sure. to college. That's what you do. And then you're going to get a good job. And like we're definitely, I mean, there's still some circles that believe that you should go, but mm-hmm. especially with the scandals that we've seen with mm-hmm. college admissions now. And like, oh, yeah. I think we're in the in, debt. Yeah. The well, debt that you'll go into. It's, or, a sc- um, it's, it's quite it's, the racket. It's, it is a racket. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I, I think that's awesome, though, that yeah. you were able to ha- be able to sit with yourself and make mm. that decision, like, you know what, I don't really know yet what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to higher education well, right I, now. I think yeah. a lot
0: of artists uh, have to come to that point. Uh, a lot of people are in a discovery process at the age of 16, 17, yeah, 18 in You music. don't have
2: any real-life experience at that mm-hmm. point. Like, how could you... How could you decide, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like spend all this money and learn mm-hmm. all the, you know, unless you're doing like hard st- sciences, like yeah. engineering yeah, or exactly. doctor stuff, but
3: stuff you have to have. have to well, clear, yeah, you know?
2: all
0: my kids, I, I've told them, Father uh, <laughs> John here, um, yeah. that if you don't know what you want to do, don't spend the money. Yeah. Um, if you have a clear vision, go for it. People in their late, you know, in their 30s finally get to that place and they do and uh, my mom did that um, and she became a nurse and it killed it she killed it it was awesome and she found a lot of fulfillment in that Uh, prior to that she didn't she didn't go and she was a house mom Um, but when she did that she she loves it you know
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: but I think education uh, is a big it's super important in music I I still feel strongly that um, kids should have a form of education if that's their bent Um, and for her I really had to ask myself, am I just being biased? Do I really just want my daughter to do well in this because it's a father pride thing or family pride thing? Or
3: like living vicariously thing. Yeah, through, you're living yeah. through that.
0: And you know what? Even though there were probably some elements, if I were to be honest, uh, of those things there, I absolutely saw talent in her. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we started investing in that, there was definitely from the industry some response back to her And so that was those were encouraging things. uh, And uh, we developed it further. And then I feel like we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think? College, blah, blah, blah. And to be honest with you, I just told her to go do her thing. And you went away for like
3: one month, one month. (laughs) I did not last very long. And
0: uh, she realized pretty quick that that's not what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt really good that I was able to do that. And um, help help her find their way. Now I've had people challenge me as a dad and say, "Why don't Why didn't you encourage her to go to school?" Yeah. Um, I really think a
2: lot of people shouldn't go to college. I There's think. definitely people least, in you know, college that don't need to go. There's a lot. Or of, yeah. At, the age. at like, that I age, I think that's the thing. That's it's a like, good point. If it was yeah.
3: free, it would be so different. Yeah. But some me, of it is
2: like community school, you know. But
3: a lot of people don't. I mean, my sister for example, just passed up a free ride to community college because she wanted a SUNY, like, bigger college experience. Mm -hmm. You know, so that is totally an option, but a lot of kids, like, don't think that way. They want to go to school because they want to have that freedom. They want to Party. They want to whatever, yeah, that's, like yeah. you know, it's that like a is coming a coming of age thing. It's 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 uh, an experience uh, thing, yeah. and I'm I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong, but right. it is kind of stupid to go into so much debt if that's why you're going to college. So for yeah,
2: for, yeah. for people I in music, I smoke a lot of weed, yeah. so I'm going to spend forty thousand a year to do that. Right? Know? Are you kidding? <laughs> so, me? so for
0: people in music, though, I feel like this is a great topic because I think a lot of people come to that place. Like it is tough to get to that place. It's like, am I good enough yeah. to invest in this? That's where I really feel there's a void. Mm. That's like the artist development thing coming back to that. Um, Uh. I wish I had voices in my life at that age where Mm -hmm. people were confirming something in me, confirming that I had real talent, confirming Mm. that I should invest in this, uh, in music. And I didn't, I didn't have any of that. I just kind of, kind of went that way.
2: Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're an artist with that decision to go to college or not, And you have the funds to go to a private school, Mm. but you also like want to do music. And this is something I learned through my experience as well. Like instead of using the money for college, invest that money into your musical endeavor. Yeah, like (laughs) yeah. Imagine where you could you know that gives you like a big prop props you up big time yeah. if you have those ex- extra funds like yeah. to allocate them I for- feel
0: like that could be a controversial thing and I love that um <laughs> because I I don't mind a little controversy in a sure, debate sure. um but you know I know I, I can count on both hands people that I know in the business yeah. uh, industry whatever you want to call it um whatever that even is anymore um where they went to Belmont or they went to Juilliard and they ended up basically just touring with a band and then ending right. up as a producer in Nashville or something. Mm-hmm. And they realized, oh, they can't teach me this in school. I had yeah. to figure that's this why, out. Yeah,
2: that's why. That's the that. thing. You know? Like
3: going to school for music, I know so many people who end up just teaching or something, which there's nothing wrong with that. If they, they
2: want to that. teach, then great. Right. right.
3: But a lot of them want to perform. Mm. And if you're going to just perform, like you don't need like four years at a private school, I feel like. Right. like you really uh, don't. Unless you're
0: getting some skill in a a, uh uh, a focus uh say like somebody's like a classical guitar you know focus i i'd say that's a real reason to go to college and sit under some amazing people um i don't know
2: well some people will go just for the connections too like yeah i know i i've learned this that's good um, from sitting in i was able to sit next to the drummer for uh what is that show oh my god it's the one with the the kid who um he he's like his his some kid at his school dies and then he they come to the kid about they thought he was friends with him or something and oh, it's a whole social know. media thing that blows up and oh, i don't know it's netflix and, show? it's vaguely no, it's, it's it was on broadway dear evan oh. hansen oh dear evan hansen okay okay it was a show okay and um so I got to sit next to the drummer for that okay. at at that Broadway show it was awesome like mm-hmm. he has his own booth and a little video monitor mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he can see the conductor and um but I he he was a product of the Manhattan School of Music. And so what I what I realized like if you go to a conservatory you're going to be networking with the people that are like in the mm-hmm. industry like who mm-hmm. are doing the Broadway shows who are right. doing It's, it's like a
3: type of music, though, too. It's like yeah. that bend. That well, that's what I was like saying. Broadway but you can like,
0: get classical. in. Classical instrument or orchestral music definitely has a track
2: yeah. I mean, and, and, where you I mean, make those stuff, connections. That's so yeah. jazz, jazzy. A lot of mm-hmm. jazz in the Broadway world. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, it's more focusing on the connections. Like yeah. you, you essentially are paying top dollar mm-hmm. to connect with the people that are in those positions, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's an extremely coveted position to be a drummer or any musician on a Broadway, uh, on a Broadway, Broadway musical. Yeah. yeah, so you have to know. You just have to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a club. It's kind of like an exclusive. So you're saying that
0: happens in college, club. and I do agree. that can happen at yeah.
2: conservatory, where yeah you, yeah, you meet those people mm-hmm. who you would really mm-hmm. not have met uh, otherwise.
0: Yeah, I would say, though, that definitely falls in line with the genre, like the type of music. Yeah, jazz, um, classical. Like like like... Most most guys that I know in pop popular bands uh, didn't end up that way by meeting people in college. They, right. they were playing or gigging in scenes. They built a reputation. Maybe they had their own projects and they were approached and they connect. And they happened to land some kind of lucky deal where they just start right. playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a pipe dream. Yeah, really, yeah. it is. It's
2: it's. What was but, that one in a million yeah, yeah. that yeah. was I mean, my idea yeah for the and, and, yes and, name, and but so i like i like it's a, but it's a good yeah. concept i yeah. mean it's yeah but there are different levels you know right, right? and that's what we, we talk about like there's there's always that next level so wherever you are you're always going to want to get i'm in music and higher. i just
0: called what i do a pipe dream but <laughs> the, the thing is though it kind of is And one of the things we tell people is pursue it but get a job you know yeah. Yeah. get a part-time job um take care of yourself invest in your craft right. unless you know at least side hustle something and just focus on uh and, and that's the alternative to going to college i mean mm-hmm. uh i've and i'll just this is the last thing i'll say on this um we take in interns all the time here and most of them are schooled uh out of oneana or there's a college called houghton college near
3: one from nazareth this summer nazareth
0: and mm-hmm. suny schools come uh and they have this like Funny head knowledge about what they think the industry is. Mm-hmm. And they walk in here and we're making the industry happen along with many, many other people like us doing that. And it's like, oh, this light goes on. It's like, I, I should have just come here. <laughs> right, I should have. Right. I- <laughs> well, I'm spending $40,000 <laughs> yeah, to yeah. learn basically something they're not teaching me and I'm seeing it happen yeah. here. So, yeah.
2: Well, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to hear back to Hannah and, your musical project, yeah, uh, Leo and the Maydays. We should hear one of the songs. Yeah, we should let's listen. do it. All right, so cool. I've I like to do this. I like to go through and select songs that I just that stand out to me. Uh, the first one here is "Piggy Tales." Mm-hmm. Mm. So, if you would enlighten us and share, like, what what's, oh, no. what's that about? Right. Yeah, <laughs>
3: no, this is just um, "Piggy Tales." To me, um, is from a part of my life where I felt just like. It was right before I moved out of my parents' house. Like, I was very much at, like, um, a crossroads in my life of decision-making, kind of like what we've already talked about, and also just feeling, like, very trapped in my life and um, wanting just, like... Not even freedom from particular circumstances, but just freedom in general, you know. Uh-huh. And it was before, like, I had my own car. It was before, like, I had my own apartment. Like, mm-hmm. um, it was just like, you know. So those, that was, like, the background for it. Um, and... Yeah, I think it's one of the best songs I've ever written um, as far as like the guitar part and everything. Like I wrote all of that by myself, which um, I was like 17 when I wrote, 16 or 17. So I was like, wow, I'm so amazing. I just wrote this <laughs> sick part. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm super, super proud of that song. Um, it was very formational for me and it was a big confidence booster um when it was w- well received um mm-hmm. and kind of made me feel like it was my first big single you know i was like okay i have mm-hmm. something here i can keep doing it um yeah
0: and pretty much we use yeah. this as a closer in our set yeah 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 Excellent. i love that mm-hmm. one
2: <laughs> cool well yeah let's listen to it this is piggy tales from leo and the maydays
1: black and white is coming back up.
0: piggy tails by leo and the maydays and i have to say that was definitely it's one of my favorites for sure it's one of those earlier songs that we wrote with her mm-hmm. so when the maydays came in on the scene you know yeah yeah
2: it's a solid tune thank you and like I, i've seen you guys live i think two times actually oh sweet yeah and yeah i mean it's solid stuff there you know man it's um it's got like just like one of those things where I always relate to the car test, you know, like yeah, if you can yeah. cruise down the highway yeah. and enjoy it and and like the song just, you know, it's the mm-hmm. car test. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a great that. test. So it. Yeah. it passes the car test. Mm-hmm. So it's really good. Awesome. I'm a fan of yeah. a fan. <laughs> uh, we now have music news. Oh, dang. New segment. Ba-da-da. It's coming on. Yeah. We, we have some, uh, Tyler <laughs> did something. He
0: did. He's going to, here it is. Ready?
2: <laughs> yeah look <laughs> at we'll that oh my away. god listen to that whoa so music news all right so this uh i just picked a couple of stories here and uh okay actually new vine reacts was another thing that we were gonna do i, I kind of like that yeah new vine reacts yeah. we're gonna react to this I'm and... re- i've been
0: told i'm reactionary
2: oh okay well this will be perfect though. yes all right and this is this is just a headline here and I threw this in because I just couldn't believe that this was a headline, mm-hmm. uh, but I should not be surprised. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly rocks $30,000 diamond manicure oh. at the Billboard Music Awards, oh, and Megan Fox debuts bangs. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the
3: hairstyle. Yeah, wow. I'm looking uh, the at hair. the hair.
2: Right I
0: need to now. see the bangs. Yeah,
2: I
3: Wait, just. So there are diamonds on his fingernails. It's uh, not his outfit. Is what it looks like.
2: Yeah, they're on his fingernails, too. Yeah, if you zoom in, yeah. And Megan Fox is debuting her bangs. So, you know, mm. this is for someone who enjoys fashion mm. and who is, you know, into the imagery of uh, of the whole I mean, music industry. I mean, that's news. This is news now. Bangs. Bangs is news. I,
0: I'm sorry, Megan, but I like the long hair way better. It's... I, <laughs>
3: You've just never been a bang person. No. Yeah.
0: Uh, it depends. Yeah. It depends. Uh I if love it's bangs If it's like Matrixy style bangs, mm-hmm. like kind of nerdy, kind of nerd punk, <laughs> I'm into that. But yeah. it's got to be very specific. It can't just like, oh, I'm just doing these like wispy bangs. She looks like a mom.
3: A hot mom. Yeah. Hot mom. Well. The mom. She <laughs> looks like a milf. <laughs> Megatox
2: is that, definitely that, one that? of the uh, hotter. Versus that? Are you kidding? Uh, I don't know you know people get older
3: too. different strokes for different folks yeah, yeah, man
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well anyway you know so that's that's some news it's fluffy it's very fluffy i like mm-hmm. it i like um, it
3: it yeah. just comes back to i will never understand what it's like to just be able to spend thirty thousand dollars on one outfit for one night we're,
0: yeah, we're pulling 30 grand just to fix up things you yeah, right. like, know
3: it uh it's um like last night i was over at some friend's house and we were talking about um that big football star. I don't think it's Tim Tebow. It's the one that's really old.
2: Uh Brett Favre is pretty old. No,
3: no. The one who retired and then he got like Oh a, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. They, we were talking about how much um more that he's making now that he retired and he's making like three three hundred and seventy five million dollars over ten years because right. he got signed as a news anchor. That's right, like right. thirty a se- that's thirty seven and a half million dollars a year yeah. on top of what he's already made in his football career probably doing right.
0: a book deal or like, two i just well. like yeah, yeah. can't
3: conceptualize yeah. that much money
0: right right it's <laughs> it, hard to it seems yeah. dumb though
2: i uh, well, it's just imaginary it, at that point it doesn't then, then yeah. it just doesn't you, yeah you, you matter can't even anymore. spend that
3: much money in a lifetime no. you know you have to give so much of it away probably which you i, could, I, I hope that he is But
2: <laughs> like that's that's the thing is like the
0: disparity between that <laughs> and this like there's no there's no middle ground it's like <laughs> it's disappearing for insane sure. riches and then everyone else poverty yeah it's especially in music mm-hmm. i it, feel like there's yeah. no middle ground but i'd love to see a middle class musician. there is some middle ground though. i there's, like that
2: there's more i think th- yeah. there's more than there's more than it would seem there are a lot of Although actually what's very interesting is mm-hmm. Black Dahlia Murder, which actually this leads right into our next news story. Awesome. So yeah. Black Dahlia Murder, they're this one of they are I'm sorry, they are the most successful death metal band. Mm-hmm. Now how do you define success, right? But they're the most in terms of like being the most mainstream of any death metal band, they yeah. they did it. They mm-hmm. have like a million likes on Facebook. Oh no, Romstein. Oh uh, Romstein. Right, but yeah. Romstein is not death metal.
0: No, it's uh definitely more like a pop metal in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. This is
2: this is like hardcore death metal. Yeah. yeah.
3: Something you wouldn't expect to be mainstream. Right.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and for them to have a million likes on Facebook that is, is unprecedented amazing. for any death metal sure. band. So, yeah. um their singer committed suicide. Oh. was very sad news. And when did that happen? It, this happened recently. This happened about a week ago. Okay. A Aww. week and a half ago. That's yeah. So sad. And my yeah. friend Tom, who's a big metal head, told mm-hmm. me told me about this. Um I think it was forty one years old, and he was Jeez. like well one of the, well well respected well respected in that community and wow, um just yeah, you hate to hear stuff like this, yeah, uh, you know he got involved in some strange things according to the news reports mm. he ended up dating some like supermodel mm. at one point, and they ended up starting in only fans. Um, also, oh, okay. which was kind of weird towards, the, <laughs> yeah. And then they all—all yeah. the, all those videos got taken down mm-hmm. after yeah. the news of him passing. Uh, another thing that I heard was he, uh, Trevor was his name, Trevor Sternad, mm-hmm. and oh, what was this next thing? So he, uh, oh, the album *Ver Ver Verminous* mm-hmm. was their latest record. Okay, it came out. <laughs> It came out in, like, March of 2020. Yeah. Wow. And it was the theme. The themes in this album were all about plagues and sickness, mm-hmm. and which is very death metal to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, like, the pandemic started. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I could only imagine perhaps, like, his... Like maybe regret or just like
3: like PR nightmare. Kind yeah, of.
2: or just I can't believe like oh, we created things, yeah. this mm-hmm. album and yeah. now it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like that's got to be the shittiest feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you're like spreading
0: your death in the world during a time of death. Yeah, it's I, just, yeah, yeah. So I always uh, wondered about that kind of stuff, but when yeah. you meet these guys, I I know I know some people in that that scene, and they're like the nicest people you know yeah. they're like well, mm-hmm. it's like they're satanists chill. like satanists yeah. are like look i know satanists that go like, buy socks for kids like, so no it, killing, it's like. weird but like and and they're probably more intelligent than a lot of people i've met they're, they're well spoken and <laughs> actually we know who we're talking about yeah. and it's really interesting so but yeah Maybe we should start an OnlyFans fish oh god no no <laughs> it's a bad idea i'm probably we probably <laughs> if, like once a month and Only i'm like fans. i couldn't well, do it what you say I, <laughs> you say i can't I pay my car payment i think, I think <laughs> i'll sell my yeah, <laughs> feet. yeah you make money doing
2: I it
3: i would just love to make money
2: it's a it's a, a strange mean, phenomenon sell
0: foot picks i don't foot foot think mine would do the feet are
2: innocent no one has to even know it's you it's just until you exactly that's what they all
0: say until your head long into foot culture <laughs> how did we get here how did we start talking about feet? i mean death metal opened the door to death anything metal to yeah a, death metal the only fans in the death metal so.
2: so yeah in the uh i want to spend more time on this this last part of the of the musical new vine reacts news segment. Yes. Sure. and this is this is something that i felt on a scale of one to ten probably like a seven or eight okay on it in terms of how strong i felt about it yeah so i'm going to read this to you so uh, there's an article that came out in the Rolling Stone. Well, first of all, Taylor Hawkins, great musician, drummer mm-hmm. for the Foo Fighters, uh, he died, mm-hmm. passed away. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, for, yeah maybe a
4: little longer. Yeah. yeah.
2: So this Rolling Stone article came out, and in the article, uh, Matt Cameron and Chad Smith were interviewed, and I believe there are maybe some yeah. other drummers also interviewed, but Matt Cameron. A uh, great drummer played for uh, Soundgarden, and he played for uh, what was a uh, Pearl Jam. He's played for, mm. Mm. maybe still playing with them. So, uh, he said he had a, um, and these are this is Matt Cameron talking to Rolling Stone about Taylor Hawkins. Mm. He had a heart to heart with Dave, and yeah, he told he told me that oh, he boy. couldn't yeah. fucking do it anymore. Yeah, those were his words. The report also includes claims of a December 2021 incident when Hawkins is said to have lost consciousness on a plane in Chicago. Responding wow. to Rolling Stone, Foo Fighters representatives denied that the drummer lost consciousness on the plane. He just he just said he was exhausted and collapsed, mm. and they had to pump him full of IVs and stuff, Chad Smith said. Jeez. He was dehydrated and all, and all kinds of stuff. Smith claimed that Hawkins later told him, I can't do it like this anymore. Smith continued, that was one of the straws that broke the camel's back. After that, he had a real important heart-to-heart with Dave and the management. He said, "I can't continue on this schedule, and so we've got to figure out something." Mm-hmm. Um, wow! So a little insight into that, and yeah, it just
0: keeps unfolding more and more. Uh, anytime I see somebody famous die, I mean, I nobody wants to admit this, but the first thing you think is, "Why? Like how?" Mm-hmm. You know, and and it it always comes out, and it's just very you know nice you know, and, and, and there's no, you know, information that's really telling you why or how it's like, and so, you know, it just leaves it open and people are thinking about it, but sometimes these open up like this and it's just like a compendium of new information. And this one's really interesting. Uh, this is my reaction, um, insight into one of the, probably should have been the happiest persons in the music business, a drummer in the rock world, uh, doing so really successful. well looks so he's just a good looking dude like <laughs> and he's just so much energy and just has this vivacious thing um, but obviously not happy um, much like the last story we just talked about you know success and
2: yeah that it takes its toll It yeah. takes it's toll on you there's personal stuff that we don't hear about right all we see are the lights and the glamour and we don't see the I mean playing a three-plus-hour show multiple mm-hmm. nights in a row for the Foo Fighters. Yeah. traveling in between. Because, tra- the tra- yeah. yeah, there there was something in the article about going to Australia, like mm-hmm. a one-off in mm-hmm. Australia. So, like, fly to Australia, play one mm-hmm. show, and that's it. And yeah, like, that's so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so, Hannah, I wanted to ask you sort of mm-hmm. what your reaction is to the, the uh, Foo Fighters representatives denying what Chad Smith and Matt Cameron said and the fact that Matt Cameron and Chad Smith apologized mm-hmm. for taking part in this interview, like, what do you make of that for them apologizing for it?
3: Well, it definitely does sound like um, the management was trying to like brush off any um, fault yeah. for his death or for overwhelming him or for overwhelming his schedule. Mm. Um, I think people who are too busy, and I can say this as someone who has been way too busy this whole year, um, it is depressing and it, it makes you feel um, trapped <laughs> and crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it just makes yeah. you like it makes you feel. Um, like frantic you know and you can't make good decisions like that so i understand um i know he didn't kill himself but i know there was drug use involved so yeah, i understand like a lot of drugs yeah too. i definitely understand like needing to find some sort of outlet or escape or just like way to feel better when you're in that kind of situation um and i think that it's bullshit that they're not taking any responsibility um or wanting to talk about it right. um i do understand the apology because if he told them that in confidence i can kind of understand how you know, when people say things in confidence, you mm. shouldn't be sharing that, especially with like a news outlet. But mm. I also understand that they're wanting, they probably were wanting to, to draw attention and kind of like be like, no, this is why this happened, and they need to be held
0: accountable. Mm. So
3: I, I kind of understand the apology, but um, yeah, like they, yeah, like it, it did need to be said, you know.
0: So I, I, am gonna focus in on the fact that they are doing what I see most of these people do. Mm-hmm. they're protecting a brand they yeah. don't want any negative feelings about that brand and to me that is shitty
3: because they're, they're doing that it because totally they want to make money <laughs> yeah it's it's it, yeah. there's no concern for taylor hawkins it's yeah. about we want to make money
0: it's it's like you know one of the reasons we started doing this is because we have endeavored greatly to make sure that our relationships uh with people in music uh center around relationships um and, and health and health yeah. um and we have a hard time with that, and I can't even imagine that
3: when there's so much money and influence involved. Right. Like, yeah. I
2: yeah. didn't realize the Foo Fighters were still as po- like immensely popular. Mm-hmm. Like they are huge. Like they're playing in Abu Dhabi and they're playing yeah. in Australia. And they're playing, and I'm like, I th- I didn't realize how mm-hmm. and and so it makes sense mm-hmm. that that the representatives would deny all of these accusations. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to slow the train down. Yeah, and that's you know. just crazy because right, at mm-hmm. what at what at what point like. Does the humanity mm-hmm. at what point is the humanity allowed to come through? At what point are, are we allowed to acknowledge that mm-hmm. this business can be shit? Sometimes it is.
0: yeah, It's shit because of the money. It's shit because of how much money uh, at that level. And imagine you. We've talked about professionalism, right? Yeah. And um, if you had a tour and you were playing with a band on that at that level, and I'm sure there's a contract for this somewhere, but and and you find out your fiance or your girlfriend is hurt, and you say, I have to leave right away.
2: How do you think that's gonna go down? You know how that's gonna go down. People are
0: gonna be mad at you. I have a crazy story about that.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. And just actually to tag on real quick before I go into my story, all the people that are a part of this brand, all of the crew, and mm-hmm. the sound guys, the investments, and the roadies. It's, yeah. There's so many people depending on the show going on. Yeah, so that's a to problem get to, yeah. to get paid.
3: Yeah, and it's, I I do understand that part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. everyone has families they're trying to support or lives they're trying to support. But it should never be at the expense yeah. of. Really, it right. should have been better planned. That's what yeah, it have <laughs> or it, it
2: should have been. There should have been some acknowledgement of that. Taylor was struggling, and like maybe they there did need to cut a few shows. Yeah. So what you you know you 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 make you know I don't know what they make, but all right, so they make uh, X amount instead of X amount. Maybe they sacrifice, a, you know, $10,000 each yeah. mm-hmm. so that somebody could be sane and healthy. You know what I mean? That's where it gets sick. Well, that's sick. the
0: thing. If they care about their their investments so much, yeah, invest in the people that make it yeah. capable of and happening. In the long term. Right
3: yeah exactly right yeah the music industry has this mentality of like they'll just eat you alive and then they'll move on to the next Mm -hmm. person
2: because they know so many people want to do it and there's there's so many talented
3: people in the world yeah you can kind of do that like there's always someone who's going to want it so bad they'll make any sacrifices or do anything you ask who can sing and who has a good look and there's Mm -hmm. there's so many people ready to be replacements Mm
2: -hmm. yeah that's that's kind of the reality um and that's why you got to vouch vouch for yourself Mm -hmm. and we talk about that a lot and Mm -hmm. i I bring that up now with any band that I join or become a part of. I'm Mm -hmm. always saying like, if we need something, we ask for it. Yeah. Or we say like, we need this in order to put on a good show. You Mm -hmm. want a good show Mm -hmm. from us? Mm -hmm. We need this to happen. And we're not big asks. It's just like, hey, like we need to have food for us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Give us food. Don't, you know, so we can put on a show for you. Right right and things like that. It's like
3: advocating mm-hmm. for yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And saying no to opportunities is not a bad thing if you don't have capacity
2: for it. <laughs> also a very good point. We yeah. talked mm-hmm. about that saying no and like and that's where that's where good managers come in. Mm-hmm. You see to separate from the band because if you know, if someone in the band is managing you run the risk of creating some tension. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, oh, you're being a, you're being a dick. And it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, cause I'm trying to get shit done for us, you right. know? And like, I'm trying to stand up for us because otherwise people are going to just like take advantage right. and they're just going to say, oh, they'll do it. Cause they want to do it. Like, no, mm-hmm. like We put on a damn good show. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, all that stuff. No, but, it's true. Tell your story. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, the so, <laughs> and then
0: I have a thought after that,
2: but go for so, it. Yeah. So, so I, I was playing in a band, uh, That band, the band, crazy political band I used Mm -hmm. to be in, Mm -hmm. which is kind of insane, but is that Madison Rising? Yeah, Madison Rising. We'll probably do an episode on that alone. I can't wait because that's a crazy, pretty fucked up. We're gonna
0: have a lot of patriotic music playing during that episode. It's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting one.
2: Yeah, yeah. They'll probably come after me, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So with that group, so there was a show we did in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. My grandma had passed away. About two weeks before, and the funeral was the same day as a show, and I, I was in my like early twenties, and I just, I, I, I always had this mentality of like I'm gonna be professional, I'm gonna do whatever, it, you know, whatever needs to be done to like get the show done, and like yep. I'm very good at compartmentalizing. So, I went to my grandma's funeral in Florida. Mm. Uh, or was it my? It was my grandma. grandma's, Mm -hmm. I think. Well, I went to the funeral in Florida, and then after the funeral, I immediately hopped on a plane, flew to North Carolina, which was like maybe a forty-five minute flight, Mm -hmm. and then played the show. Mm. And like they were waiting for me, and like they held up, they held up the show for like an extra twenty minutes until I got there. Wow! And then we put it on, and I, I just like I couldn't even process it. But now, now I look back on it, and like I, that was like ridiculous that i did that mm-hmm. it was also you know? ridiculous yeah.
3: that they let you do that <laughs>
2: yeah and and i and i told them like hey like i'll plan it this way i'll do it mm-hmm. but the fact that they even were like oh yeah okay well if you'll do it then sure and they didn't even say no take you time need space like that's not advocating See,
3: for you as a yeah. friend you this, know this is right.
0: exactly um why we need a union in music
2: yes we, we yeah. so we, we've been talking about getting a union here yeah. for music like we need to fucking we need a body of thing. laws like, that protects the, yeah you know? like <laughs> some of these places that are just yeah. not you know and and there's got to be some caveats too right sure. it's got, like you've got to be a certain level of musician you've got to put mm-hmm. on a good show you've got to have that well once you have that and you're trying to get moving like yeah, yeah you should should have a union going absolutely
0: Absolutely. and for reasons like that because there's too many things that can happen that allow for those unhealthy things to happen Mm -hmm. um because we're made up the way we are um and uh, i i feel like for whatever reason music industry um has lost that ability to govern itself um because we're so mercenary so independent it's um,
3: desperate everyone's just desperately trying to make it work it's worse than <laughs> wild
0: west it's like armageddon <laughs> armageddon it, yeah it's musical armageddon and oh, uh, we're all like running around with our with our you know diy selves trying to survive in the wasteland of the music industry mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's time to to get some government and to time to put some guards in place mm-hmm. so people are healthy uh, this this happening with taylor is probably a good signal for that yeah You know,
3: it's not an isolated case by any means, though. Mm -hmm. It's like the tale as old as time, you know? Yeah. I think that there's a reason. I think artists are already um, usually good um, hosts for mental illness just because artists are very. Yeah. sensitive and uh yeah. self-aware and it takes a certain some of them level. empathic not all. <laughs> not, <laughs> not all not all, of them all. Are self-aware but there, like yeah, there's, there's, there's guy, a yeah. there's just a certain thing that makes an artist you know mm. and it usually goes hand in hand with some sort of mental illness i feel like um but there's a reason that um so many artists are addicted to drugs or alcoholics or just have things in their life that keep them in an unhealthy place and i think like the way Coping. that the industry Coping. operates um plays into that a lot i don't mm. think it's the only reason but it plays into it it's it in every it.
0: story of every major celebrity you've ever known in music yeah. i mean it's yeah, it's there fame you know? is a
3: big like when you make it big too mm-hmm. fame is a big part of it you know
2: and that that breeds the question too like do you even want to be famous like yeah. what's, what's the point of being? <laughs> famous, is it worth right is it
3: worth it you know well, i was going to bring
0: that up i, I, was gonna I have say,
3: a lot of feelings about that. okay
0: well this is good <laughs> let's um, get into it so
2: here <laughs> we go <doo-doo-doo. laughs>
0: Yeah, we got to get those sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to put the buttons right in front of you, Yeah, just of, put man. them here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be great. All the buttons are going to be shaped like star kiss, and uh, you might eat them by accident. So I feel um, there are people in music who, you know, there's, there's this line between hobby and lifer mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about this. Are we doing this or are we doing this? Hey, buddy, you can't come in. Okay. You can watch. Okay. And, um, do you feel that you're a lifer? This is the question. Do you feel that you're a lifer in music, even if you never make it? Mm -hmm. Um, and what does that look like for you as a songwriter and, uh, the leader of any group that you're with?
3: Yeah. Um, for me, I think at this point in my life, I, I would consider myself a lifer. Um, and, My whole goal and mission for my life is to build um, a life that I'm very content with, um, that I feel safe in and that I can afford. And um, I want to be able to support that lifestyle with my art or by working for myself.
0: So that's cool. But yeah. what about when you're married with kids and there's no money coming in through the door well, because that's of you part
3: of that, like okay. security and safety and like building a life that is able to be supported. So what by does that look for like myself. for you?
0: What does that look like?
3: Well, that's kind of, um, where Newvine comes in in the work that I'm doing there. I mean, like the gigging is great. I don't make very much money off of the gig, especially because it's my band and I always pay my players before mm-hmm. I pay myself. Mm. So if we make 300 bucks on a gig, I'm paying them all a hundred dollars and I'm not making any money. Um, so, you know, I'm not making money off of my music, <laughs> um, mm. but the music is never going to go away and it's always going to be something that kind of takes money. Um, and like maybe eventually I'll be able to pay for the music with money I make from the music. But right now, that's not the reality. Um, mm. But I think realistically, what I want to see is me not working for other people. So right now, that's kind of my focus. Um And uh, at New Vine, the work I'm doing is um, right now we're transitioning um, the house that's attached to our building into a rental unit. um, And that is going to more than pay for our monthly expenses at the company. And the plan is to continue um, buying and renting property or just like collecting assets um, so that we can support music and, you know, fund our our vision here. And pay artists. It's not not the only way we're going to do it but the fact is in the society we live in land is valuable and that's something that especially where we live is not going to become less valuable Mm -hmm. so that's like just one way you know it's not the only way we're going to be funding everything um but it's something that is dependable Mm -hmm. whereas like you know making money off of music it's like there's an ebb and flow to it Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you have a lot of jobs and sometimes you don't have any um
2: yeah the music it's funny i i come across this with because there's, you know, there's people that will be artists and like want to just do their music and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other musicians that are, you know, work for hire, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I tend to fall more into that category. I do have my own stuff. But sure. it's, But like if you open up some more opportunities for yourself, if you are able to play as someone who gets mm-hmm. hired for other projects and other bands because other bands are always looking for guys and girls and and days and thems that can play yeah um so that's kind of a conscious decision you make too Mm -hmm. as a a musician it's like do i want to be someone that can just hop into different situations and be a ringer or if i really do want to pursue just like my stuff my Mm -hmm. music my Mm -hmm. artistry yeah that is even more limited in scope than the other route, which yeah. is still pretty yep. limited.
3: And that's the category I fall into. Yeah. I'm not a player that right. I am not a good enough musician to play for other people. Like flat out. I'm a very good musician for my own needs. Right. Yeah, but um, you do
0: something completely different. You do something I can't do and mm-hmm. I'm a I play. Yeah. Um, but I know I'm not a songwriter. Yeah. And you know, I think songwriting is—you guys are like mystics. Yeah, somehow it just appears in your head. And it's like, oh, I'm writing 15 songs <laughs> yeah. today. You're like, how do yeah. you do that? And that
3: is how it is. Some, it's like yeah. there's an ebb and flow to that too. Like, it's nothing, or there's like a million songs I write in a week. You know, wow. it's really crazy but yeah. for me. Like, yeah, because I'm not kind of like a mercenary musician in that way, where I, I don't play for other people, and I'm not really capable of doing that. Um, I. I'm really focused on building a business here that can eventually pay me mm. um so that I can work for myself in that capacity you know So I, um,
0: I would call that and that's one thing we've talked about is a blue collar musician Yeah um and, I literally just yeah. want
3: enough to to, so to do have it. enough You know most yeah. people yeah.
0: most people I talk to say that Yeah I I just want enough to be able to make what I make um and that's enough Yeah um now uh, I feel like that's so healthy to me. That actually would create genuine music that could be enriching, um, and I feel like if people actually got into this kind of pattern, we're going to see a revolution of genuine, authentic music mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't like sell people's artistic DNA out. Um, and it's lowly. This is lowly shit we're doing. It's we were just picking up, cut up deck in the front yard today and putting you know and loading it in and almost killing ourselves with that stuff. So that we can make music, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. So
2: it's crazy. Uh, we should hear another song. Yeah. Okay. We should definitely do that. Mm. This uh, this next song that I picked out is called "Kiss Me Hard." oh boy tell us about it <laughs> hannah tell us what that's so, all this
3: is the song that almost didn't make it on the record um <laughs> because arrangement wise we felt it was a lot weaker than everything else um i'm really glad we put it on though because it's the only one that everyone plays on the radio and it's a lot of people's favorite song which is just so funny mm. because i feel like that's how it goes uh, so often um but yeah i i really like this song um It is about um, when my husband and I were still dating. He went to work at a summer camp for a whole summer. And it felt like he was never going to come back. And I wrote this song right before he left. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Cool. Enjoy.
2: (laughs) Let's hear it.
1: Kiss me hard before
0: this uh song is funny. We almost dumped it. Uh but it's the one everybody likes. So there you
2: go. Yep. It happens a lot. That happened with um yeah. Somewhere Over the Rainbow in The Wizard of no Oz. Way. That's that, hilarious. Uh, that was on the cutting room floor. Did not know that. It almost did not make the movie. Oh. Yeah. And it it's like made wow. the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, that's that, that's what's insane about it. Makes it. me
0: cry. Oh that's beautiful. It's song. one of those songs that make me well, cry. What? All right.
2: <laughs> uh, great. So this is the final segment. Mm. <laughs> final segment. All right, let's start off with uh, share. <laughs> this is like icebreaker stuff. Share a story. Mm. Share a story with us in in which you felt powerful.
3: Hmm. Mm. Okay. Um, I have two, and they apply to my two different styles. It's not when
0: you
2: drop kicked me, was it?
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, let's not go there. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think probably the most powerful scary. I've ever felt. Um, and this is this is crazy because okay, I'm I'm here and I'm 23, and I hold a title of CEO, which I completely have imposter syndrome about and don't feel like I have earned or deserve at all, <laughs> um, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this past year in September in 2021, we purchased our building, and that was like my first big thing. Like I took that title at the beginning of 2021 and was working really hard through the year. We had one year to buy the building or else it was gonna go on the market. Um, That's a whole other story for a different time. But so that was like the thing that year, we all were working super hard. Um, I had point on that and I was on the phone all the time with banks and like getting everything figured out. It was a lot of work. And I think the most powerful I've ever felt, um, only because of COVID, I was the only one who was allowed to go to the closing. (laughs) and So I was like 22 years old going to this closing for our building by myself, writing the checks, um, talking to people who have been, you know, selling houses and banking for like 25 years. And, um, I just felt like so out of my element, but so proud of myself and so proud of like our whole company and just like, also i felt powerful because i felt like very safe because up until that point it was like you know if we don't buy the house or buy the building like we're basically done like that's the end you know we can't it would be so hard to just like move our operations to a different building And this this building enables us to create things that are industry standard that we wouldn't be able to do other places you know Mm -hmm. so it i also felt powerful because there was just a sense of security that i got i was like all right they can't take it from us anymore like we're good we're safe mm-hmm. you know we're, mm-hmm. we're not going anywhere um and yeah and i felt powerful because it was like all right i'm a badass bitch <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> um, that's right that's right so, yeah. let them know let them know yeah
3: that's that's one and then just another quick one just for my leo side um we played a gig at the range um This past Friday, the uh, 13th of May in 2022. Um, And, you know, I know there's, uh, I think you said you had some mixed feelings about that venue. Um, I also do. But that is one of the only places I've ever played where it is always packed and I always make money. And everyone was um, very engaged with us during that show. And Mm. um, I felt super confident. And that's been a struggle for me on my journey. But I feel like I'm finally coming to a place as like a band leader or like a front person where I feel really confident in my ability to run a room Mm. um and so that show was just kind of like a culmination of that and we had a great crowd and yeah i just felt i felt super in charge except with the girl
0: twerking during the song brother
3: oh no that wasn't that show
0: (laughs) okay that was
3: like (laughs) hey we still got money that we got money from that (laughs) That show i'm talking about the one we Uh, just had
2: (laughs) anyway that's that's cool though to hear about the range that like Mm. it felt it was a good show for you that it was packed and and that my yeah, my sort of my issue with that, and this is an issue I usually have with a lot of club yeah. style places, mm-hmm. is that it's just too loud for me. Yeah, the, yeah. the mix is mm-hmm. too loud, mm-hmm. and the so, sound
3: was a struggle.
2: Yeah, yeah. and th- and that's so that's the only thing. If if they could get if they could get the sound to be more sensible and like to have the frequencies mm-hmm. properly adjusted and aligned, mm-hmm. sure. then. So at least for me, the show would be more. The more, shows would be more mm-hmm. enjoyable there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the louder la- the bad. louder
0: it is, the more beer they sell. Sam, is so. that true? No? I, I think there's some scientific <laughs> there, study. There to might prove be that. actually. Yeah, there's some data. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we could look into that. Anyway,
2: cool. all right. <laughs> no so sarcasm. Let's get on to yeah. our last topic here, mm. and it's social media because we always like yeah. to touch upon this uh, as it relates pertains to music on this show and et cetera. So social media, Uh, Hannah, we would like to know how you use social media and what benefits you see from using it.
3: Um, okay well i don't use social media properly or as much as i should be <laughs> well there
2: you go there goes um, that question she's just, she's just pretty honest about <laughs> no, it
3: i i hate i hate it because it makes me feel like shit all the time okay. um i hate being on it even though like i but would why, say
2: why, what about it makes you feel like crap
3: just like the thing i feel like with i mean everyone would probably share the same answer if they say that you know it's just like comparing yourself to other people's achievements and accomplishments Mm -hmm. and feeling like you're behind. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. even though I know in my brain, like what people put on social media is not their reality. And a lot of people have the same feelings about struggling to make it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure people feel the same way when I post, you know, it's just like we put our best selves out on social media. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's something I wish didn't exist. Um, and I understand that it's important and it is it's like it's like how I feel about putting a house on the market to rent. You know, is it something that I saw myself ever doing? Do I have a problem with like allowing people to live on something that I own where I don't live? Like sure, maybe like fundamentally like I can see how that isn't the way that things would ideally work. But the society we live in is that way. Like money is a thing that we need to survive and Mm -hmm. to have power Mm -hmm. and to make any sort of decisions. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to survive and make money. Um, I see social media as the same kind of thing. It's Mm. like, it's something I wish I didn't have to use or didn't have to participate in, but to have any sort of influence, I feel like it's something you have to be Mm. kind of, um, (laughs) able to do it's unfortunate
0: but it's the it's the way it is yeah it's it's the way
3: that it is so i try really hard to do a good job (laughs) um to do a good job with it um and to also just like you know i think it is i guess if i could say it's good it would be because it it's made me do some deep work on like why do i feel inadequate or um why do i compare myself to other people um and so you know if i could if i could take anything good out of that part of it it's like it's helped me grow as a person i guess <laughs> in like being more confident and just like well i don't really give a fuck um and i'm just going to keep doing my thing mm-hmm. and try not to compare myself to other people mm-hmm. you know and stay focused on my lane um but yeah it's 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 something that i wish we didn't have to use
2: yeah i'm with you on that it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that and i and i've been investing some money into it as well just because it feels like that's what you have to do these mm-hmm. days to mm-hmm. remain relevant and have influence but yeah but what i'm also realizing yeah if it like if it was not here like the world would continue on oh, and it'd be we, so much we, better we would be more focused yeah. and we mm-hmm. would be more about this kind of discussion and the interpersonal mm-hmm. relationships and it, mm-hmm. it, it we'd be fine without it so i i totally get what well, you're saying?
0: Yeah, if it all came down to it, and all the electricity wasn't around, <laughs> yeah. we'd still be able to pick shit up and play in, in music together. And I think about that, like right. how wonderful it must have been for people to actually do that, um, and and not have to depend on all that other stuff. And wow, I mean, people say it's a better time to live now than it's ever been. I don't know.
2: Well, it's the it's a mo- it's the most convenient time. Yeah, sure. but sure. Is it the best time? I don't know. I would say it's quality of life.
0: Probably you lived a lot less time back then, but I think yeah. the time that you did live might have been better. You it's know? it's
2: an interesting yeah. thing to think about too, and it's hard because con- context, right? Yeah, sure. So. We weren't there, right? So, so yeah, but yeah, yeah. Social media, man. Ugh, it's it's Anywho. it's a double edged sword for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, we yeah. got Last song. Uh, yeah, let's do it. The, okay. This last song here is called Upstate New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad uh, I'm glad
0: you picked that one because. <laughs> i i think this is the sleeper on the album okay i think it's the one that uh had the best written it was just it's 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 clever um no one likes upstate new york um that's the point of the song yeah and we do love upstate new york um we it's our home we love it
3: yeah it's somewhere i think will always be a part of my life like i've often i've often talked to my husband about like in 10 years say everything is great and we're not struggling financially and the company's not struggling financially and we can pay someone to do my job. I would love to always be a part of it and always be here in some capacity, but like have a house here and we live somewhere else six months of the year. (laughs) Like that Mm -hmm. would be, Ideal, you know, because I I feel so connected to this place and to Mm. new vine and to like our community here. But you know, I mean, I'm fully aware of the fact that like I'm in my early twenties and I'm like super heavily invested in something. And I don't know if I'm going to always want to only be heavily invested in one thing for the rest of my life. You know, Mm. there are other things that I want to try someday. Um, But I feel like this place will always be in my life and like a huge part of me, you know? Mm. So that's kind of what upstate New York is about. Um, and uh, yeah, my favorite. I mean, the hills uh, and dinosaurs analogy is like. We used to talk about that when you were a kid in the car. I, I always thought, because I was a <laughs> dino kid, like, obviously. Yeah. A huge dinosaur oh, kid. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And yeah, I always was like, man, I, I wish I wish they would just wake up and be dinosaurs. <laughs>
2: well, you know, there's a, a documentary coming out, a nature documentary about dinosaurs. Really, it's a new one uh, narrated by David Attenborough. Oh
3: man, I'm all over that it shit. It <laughs> looks really cool. Yeah. I love dinosaur documentaries. Quick tangent. Um, there was one about the first T Rex. Full T Rex skeleton that was ever found. Oh, I that love came that one. Out. Um, and it was like they found it in South Dakota. It was like a DIY and they crew. Like, yes, and yeah. they were. It was wow. like stolen from them essentially. Nas- because didn't of a NASA bad get contract. involved or something? It was. It, uh, I don't remember. It was. It was, it was, it was a, a, a government contract.
0: organization that came in and took Whoa. it from them. Yeah, yeah, and it was like they yeah. poured
3: their heart and soul into <sighs> this, and it was like in storage for years, and now, and then it was auctioned off for like millions of dollars. And like if they I good, ever yeah. had excessive money the first thing i would do is fucking buy that dinosaur and put it back (laughs) in that little um museum where it belongs because yeah that's where it was found and that's where that's where she should be but anyway uh, upstate new york
0: (laughs) here it is Expect That was upstate New York and it's awesome. And uh so you know, thanks for joining us today. Yes, absolutely. Hannah, AKA <laughs> Leo Mm-hmm. Um, oh,
2: please, please tell us where you're gonna be next. Yeah, what, when's please. your next thing? What's yeah. happening for you? So,
3: oh man, I this got might not few. reflect
0: the date when we play it back, but still, oh, tell, true. Tell but us. Just yeah, let us know. Yeah.
3: yeah, Um This summer, I've got some solo shows coming up as well as some band shows. Nice. Um, how about I just say you can jump onto my social media uh, mm. and check out where we're gonna be? Uh, so it's yeah. relevant to when what comes out. How
2: do we find you?
3: Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, uh, look me up at the artist Leo. Um, and then on Facebook, it's Leo and the Maydays. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm working on getting a website together, but I'm really bad. Or, <laughs> or you go to them. New
2: Vine, right? We can yeah, you can go to, to
3: records.com records. Yep. Right. Um, and I'll make sure everything's up. And to we
0: do have a new that. EP coming out this summer.
3: Yeah, at the, oh, in well, August, exciting. we're we working on putting something out. It's going to be little, more of our country ish side. It's going to
2: okay. be goth country. Okay. Yeah. Okay yeah emo country I'm, I'm
3: pretty excited about it some so.
2: some music video maybe or some sort of maybe,
3: thing. maybe we'll see i got a photo shoot lined up but i'd love to do okay. a video for it we'll yeah. see what the summer brings but I'm,
2: I'm getting into the music video thing i'm starting to see yeah. like how they get put together so yeah I'm, I'm planning i'm to do lucky cool.
3: because yeah. i'm married mm-hmm. to someone who can put them together pretty well so beautiful <laughs> i'm beautiful. like i'm using you for everything <laughs>
2: there you go might as <laughs> right. well it's so everybody exactly. thanks
0: for joining us today and um yeah. just one little mention you know If you're interested in supporting the arts, we're a great company to do so. We're a 501c3. And we literally take every penny we have and we very disciplined, with a disciplined nature, not spend it on beer. (laughs) Uh, We spend it on the artist who spends it on beer. (laughs) Um, But no, in all seriousness, we spend it on their projects. Media is not cheap. Uh, We love paying artists for live events. We love paying people in the industry like producers and all these folks. And it does take a bit. So please go to our website and give. Also subscribe to our podcast on YouTube as well as on Spotify. And if you're listening to it on Apple, please subscribe to us there. Continue to follow us. And we will have merchandise coming down the road uh, for those who are interested. And it is all tied into our From the Vine, which is live performances and podcasts and new Vine records. So, Fish, thanks for being on the show today. Leo, thank you so much, you guys. Until next time later.